to the Ole Azola podcast with Yetrip and Diana Selena, where we have conversations on a wide variety of topics. We want to ensure that you learn something new with each episode, so join us as we bring in credible guests to discuss their passions and more. Hi guys, it's Selena here. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I was asking them, but oh, anyway. Anyway. Well, <laughs> anyway, guys, thank you guys for, you know, always being faithful to us yeah. and for all your support. Yeah, especially with like the yesterday's post that we did that we did. We appreciate all the support and everything. So Yeah, <laughs> we, we we hit a milestone. We're at 100 and what? Did we have total plays? 101. I think it's 103 now. Yeah. Yeah. So we yeah. appreciate all of that. So. Um. So. Even if you just started it and you're finished, I don't care. <laughs> for even considering us. Yeah, we appreciate you guys. So today, like we usually say, is Friday, November what? Eighth. November eighth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell you guys the time because you don't need to know. <laughs> November 8th, and we have another special guest today, so I'm going to give you guys a little, you know, a little something something about how we met this special guest of ours, um, and then, you know, we'll go right into it. And he can so, introduce himself afterwards. Yeah, he'll introduce himself afterwards. So, I met, um, our our guest's name is Zane. Um, I met him last year around December, because that's when my brother graduated, so I met them, I met him, sorry, in Texas last year through my brother, because he's my brother's friend. So now he's my friend. So, you know, it works out for the both of us. He's got both the siblings now. But, yeah, without any further ado, Zane, you can come on and introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Oh, 103 of them. <laughs> hey, guys. So, first of all, thank you, Selena, Yatri, for having me on the show. Um, thanks to all of you guys for listening. So my name is Zane Khan. Um, as Selena mentioned, I live currently in Houston, Texas. I am a recent graduate from University of Houston. I studied finance and a little bit more about myself. So my parents are from Pakistan. Um, I was born in New Jersey and I moved down to Houston about when I was 10 years old and I've been living here since then. Um, So I am a Pakistani American, if you would call it, even though it feels weird for me to say that. Um, And just happy to be on the show. We are happy to have you. Thank you so much. Hey, so, you know, that you know everything that you said is perfect for the first question or you know the first topic of discussion that we want to have um which is leveraging your background and ethnicity in the workplace so i actually though want to ask you a question about what you said about why it feels weird for it to say pakistani american because i you know sure i have something to say about that too so i want i, I want to know though your intake <laughs> on that absolutely so i feel like because i was born here in america um, I always felt like I was American when people would ask me, where are you from? My initial first response would be from New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. even though I, but now that I've grown up and, you know, got a little bit older and mature, I realized how much of my Pakistani identity really influences me and really shapes how I think and how I act and what I believe in. But I feel like it's just still a bit awkward for me to claim um, Pakistan as like a home country because it's definitely not, even though I do have a lot of influence from that place. 
Yeah. Have you been back to visit anytime soon or like ever? So I I went back to visit in 2014 and it was a really eye-opening experience because this was the first time I was, you know, an adult and I was able to go out and experience things for myself and really learn more about the culture and you know, and it was a great experience, very eye-opening and very, um, very humbling. That's super cool. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. Actually, you know, Zane, I'm actually kind of the opposite because, so, you know, as you guys know, I, my family came to the U.S. when I was nine. So there's always been like a conflict between, you know, Mexico and the United States. And it's always been a thing to like always claim your you know, you're, you're being Mexican. So for me, it's always been like an internal conflict of it's like, no, I'm Mexican, you know, like, that's what I am. And it's like, even now, you know, that I want to start claiming my Americanness because of how long I've been here and the culture and all of that, it still feels weird to say like, you know, I'm American, because it's like, deep down, it's like, but am I really, you know, but it, but I am because it's like, you know, I've grown up here. And then at the end of the day, both Mexico and the United States are home to me. So so it's just, it's cool. Um, so yeah, so um, the first question though uh, that we wanted to talk about, like we mentioned earlier, was leveraging your background and ethnicity in the workplace. So do you have, you know, what do you have to say about that? So I think, first of all, you know, as people of color, I know that you guys are both people of color. I'm also a person of color. It can be a bit difficult and intimidating to find a corporate position in a company where most of the people don't look like you, don't think like you, and haven't had the sh- haven't shared the same experiences as you. But you know what I realized in my short time is that people are willing to learn. It's just you have to kind of take the first step and be a little bit more proactive and show a little bit of initiative. So what I've realized is when I was talking to recruiters and interviewers trying to find internships and full-time positions, People are curious to learn about where you're from, what influences you, and what really makes you stand out. So, for example, you know, we talked a little bit about how I went back and visited, uh, you know, my parents' country of Pakistan. So that was a very humbling experience for me because I was able to see how that culture is, you know, some of the, you know, and when I came back to the United States, I realized how blessed we are to have fortunes and the opportunity here. So the thing is that people don't necessarily, they have these experiences, right? So for example, Selena, you said you were born in Mexico and you've seen part of the world where a lot of the folks that you're working with haven't seen. You three, um, you know, I know that you were, I believe from Sudan and you've also probably seen part of the world that no one else has seen. So it's our responsibility as people who have been exposed to these different environments to talk about it and talk about how it shaped our perspective. You know, one thing I came back and I noticed from after my trip overseas is how, you know, how how clean the environment is and how, how much we value that here. So that's something very small and simple, but it really opens your eyes and it makes you want yeah. to be proactive. So I found out that when I was speaking to interviewers and recruiters about my experiences, I would often go back and talk about, you know, where I'm from and what religion I practice. So mm-hmm. especially, you know, when I had a question, I remember where someone asked me, hey, give me an example of a time you were a leader. And I brought up an example of one time when we were volunteering at the mosque and, you know, providing food for some of the folks that are, um, you know, less fortunate for us. So 
what we have to do is not shy away from what makes us different, not shy away from our ethnicity, our different religions, but really embrace it and put it on the table for them to see who you are because it's, you know, it's such a big part of your identity. So the response I got for my answer was really over, it was, it was a good response and they felt because I was, you know, proactively talking about my religion and some of my beliefs and some of the things that I think are important and valuable, such as helping people less fortunate, they felt comfortable enough with me to ask me more questions about my religion, about my ethnicity. Not And, you know, those, that's something that where you have to be able to kind of own it and really show people that you're not ashamed of who you are. You're not ashamed of your differences because they make up who you are and they they help shape the person you are now. So I think what we can really do to leverage that is make sure you provide examples um, where, of how these things that how these things that you have experienced that are different from other people, how they've shaped your perception, how they've shaped your thinking. Because ultimately, what good companies want is people with diverse schools of thoughts, people who can approach problems in different ways. And because of the things you've seen, they you may have a different way on approaching a problem and you may have a different perspective. So I think those are some of the things that, you know, we can do to really make sure that we highlight our differences in ethnicities and, and kind of, you know, you don't need to boast about them, but we can show them off and show people how they're valuable and how these experiences are meaningful. Honestly, that is all so good. Like, I don't, like, I just feel like I want to, like, if you were with me right now, you would see us, like, snapping our fingers, <laughs> you know, like, just, like, preach, man. But, like, before I, like, go into the next question, like, I was wondering, do you feel like your status as, like, an ethnically different person, like, does it come up a lot in the workplace, you know, even after you're hired? So, you know, I feel like it doesn't come up often, but you do have those conversations, Right. So, for example, when Ramadan happens, you know, everyone in, yeah. on my team knows that I'm I'm going to be fasting, and it's <laughs> yeah, not because it's not because you know we're I'm necessarily pushing it onto them or anything like that, but you know we're having call, ca yeah. uh, casual discussions, and I'm like, oh hey, by the way, yeah, sorry I can't come for lunch today. I'm actually fasting. Yeah. I'll be working, you know, I'll be just be working through lunch. Um, uh, but thank you so much for inviting me. All this stuff, and then also it goes the opposite way as well. I've learned a lot about people who are from different ethnicities and different cultures um, after being hired. You know, I, I learned a lot about, I have a really close friend who is Chinese at work, and I've learned a lot about, you know, a little bit more about Chinese culture and how they approach things and what kind of things that they enjoy and yeah. how their culture, you know, happens. So those discussions won't go away. And it's it's healthy for a work environment to be comfortable to have these discussions. It helps you realize that people around you are human, and we're different, but we also have a, a lot of similarities. And it also, you know, it educates you and educates other people on how you can actually interact with people and, and learn about, you know, what they think is valuable and some of the things that they they really hold on to. Yeah, that's really good to hear. So, um, like you mentioned that you work, you know, in, in, corp in a corporate company and everything. So, can you tell us a little about what it's like to work um, sure. in corporate America? Yeah, absolutely. So, currently I am working at one of the larger oil and gas firms. Um, I'm, you know, I'm really blessed because it's a global company. 
And Houston yeah. is a very diverse city. So the workforce I'm, I'm surrounded by is very diverse. Um, there is competition, right? Corporate America is competitive, but I realize that companies that are doing well encourage competitiveness, not as a means to put other people down, but really to lift people up. It's not, you know, if you find, it really depends on the culture of the company. There are some companies where competitiveness it become, becomes an issue because people will try to bring each other down. And I found out, you know, the company that I'm at is really not like that. And there are a lot of opportunities for people to ask questions, ask for help. And most people are genuine and want to see you succeed. There are, of course, not everyone's going to be like that. And not yeah. everyone's going to devote your time and devote time and effort into you. But I, I have realized that as long as you're willing to show effort and you're willing to show that you're, that you're able to learn and you're curious, it can go a long way. And kind of to build on top of that is one thing that I one thing I realized is very important is showing empathy towards people, right? So I work um in a global team where our portfolio has assets all across the world from China to India to Africa to South America and it's very important that you show people empathy and you show people you care about them because you don't understand their situation. And it might be hard for you to hit effectively if without that, without empathy, without showing people that you understand their situation. And it, it becomes a really large part about collaboration and teamwork because, you know, at the end of the day, nothing that you do um, can really, like most of the things that you do will be through a team effort, right? It's not a one man, one man show at a comp at a large company at least, right? So it's important that you have these discussions with people and you understand that, hey, so the folks in China or East Asia might not respond to the message same um, as the folks in like South America, for example. And not because, and that's just because of how you word it and how you approach it. So it's, what I've learned is that there's a lot of things that people there's a lot of things that you're going to learn in corporate America that you wouldn't learn otherwise in a classroom or in a college setting because you get exposed to these giant companies that have global parts and all these people working in different areas of the world and diff with different mindsets and different cultures. And it really becomes a learning experience for you for yourself as well. And there's a lot of opportunity for you to really engage and soak up what, what there is to offer, you know, so that's kind of what I would say about that. Obviously, there's a lot of negative things about corporate America as well, but I feel lucky because I'm working at a great company and the culture is very friendly and I feel very fortunate enough to be able to ask tough questions and cha and challenge people. And, you know, it, and, and that's, a, it's, that's a big part of it. Um, I know not all companies are like that, but I would, you know, encourage people to go find companies that have good cultures because at the end of the day, you want to work with people that are going to make you happy and that are going to lift you up and not people that are going to be trying to step on you um, and just think of you as a stepping stone for in the corporate ladder. True. I feel that. I feel all of that. Oh, man, Zane, I'm learning a lot, <laughs> you know. And like we always say, we are learning along with you guys every time that we have, you know, a guest speaker, you guys. So I hope you guys are enjoying this conversation this far as much as we are. So. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but 
and then you actually you just said something right now about the like kind of positive positives and negatives to corporate America. So I can, so I guess this next question that we have is gonna kind of touch on that. So we wanna first you know define two words that can sometimes be confused, which which are diversity and inclusion. And yeah, yes, Reeb, you can help me with this because in case you know I. I have the definition here in front of me, so I don't, I don't want to mess it up. But anyway, so diversity is accepting that we're all different, you know, in religion, in race, in gender, socioeconomic status, all that good stuff, right? So that's diversity. And then inclusion is actually being able to, you know, have that diverse group of people, like, be included, for lack of a better term. So, like, actually make sure that everybody's at the table, you know, everybody's voice is being heard, et cetera, et cetera. So... Do you feel like, you know, in your experience in corporate America, in your workplace, and it doesn't even have to be at the specific company that you work at now, it's just like, you know, your years, your internships, you know, of experience with the workplace in corporate America, do you feel like one, so we have two parts of the question, one, are is a diverse group of people being hired, and two, are they actually being in included in, like, important conversations, and are their voices actually being heard and acknowledged? Yeah, so, you know, I think that those are very two good questions, and I would argue that most people, so, okay, let's take let's take a step back, right? So, I would say that the first thing we need to look at is when we look at diversity is look at the region that the company operates in. Mm -hmm. um, some areas are going to be more diverse than others just because of the location there are. For example, Houston is a very diverse city. And the company that I'm at currently, we have a very diverse workforce. Now, mm -hmm. I've worked in companies. So I had a small internship at in a company in Kansas City, Missouri, and it wasn't as diverse. And that's not because they weren't necessarily looking for diverse talents or they weren't trying to hire people or they, or they didn't think diversity wasn't important. It's just because in that region, there isn't a lot of diversity in the first place. So, in my opinion, I think companies are realizing that diversity is important, right? They're realizing that globalization is only going to continue. We're only going to have more connects with people overseas. And really, this is how you optimize a company to perform better, right? You have not everyone in the world can do the same thing. And bringing in these different parts really allows you, and bringing in these different people with different thoughts and experiences really allows you to make sure you have an optimal solution. So companies are realizing this, right? We're seeing more changes in leadership teams where more females are being hired. Um, there is an emphasis on gender equality. There's an emphasis on bringing, um, you know, the LGBT, LGBTQ community um, and really making sure that we create safe places for these people. So in my opinion, in my experience, I think companies are realizing this and they are trying to have more diverse workforces. And now for the second part of the question, which is around inclusion. But, you know, like I mentioned, companies are doing a good job of trying to include, bring in diversity. But I would argue that people and companies can do a little bit better at trying, making sure those voices are included. Um, I've, I've noticed that a lot of these companies have a diverse workforce when it comes to the bottom half of their company. But as you climb up the ladder, it's a little bit less diverse. 
and I think part of that has to do with, first of all, you know, the experience and the time it takes for someone to reach an executive suite level. You know, it doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. A lot of the times these people have been in the in the industry for thirty plus years. And if you look at the workforce, you know, overall in America, thirty years ago was very different and a lot less diverse than what it is now. So I think that companies can do a better job of trying to include people in these important conversations, making sure their voices are being heard, making sure that people, um, you know, are actually able to address their concerns. But I think part of that also goes down to giving them opportunities and platforms to speak on. So, you know, if companies could encourage people to form, you know, groups that talk about their diversity or, or, you know, for example, if you have like an LGBTQ group or if you have a, you know, an African-American group, something like this where those people are able to collectively come together, voice their concerns and, you know, work together to kind of solve some of the issues that they see. I think it's important and it would really help with the inclusion aspect of it. Thank you so much. Um, we really appreciate everything that you've had to say. Um, so do, do you think, what do you want to say? Sorry, I was going to say, you kind of touched on it a little bit. You know, we, yeah. we, sorry, I took yeah. you off. But we were about to ask you the next question, which is actually, guys, our last question for this episode. Um, like I said, you just touched on it kind of a little bit is, what do you think um, as, as employees and employers, so, you know, what employees can do, what employers can do, to dismantle, you know, any inequities that might be, you know, present in corporate in the in the corporate workplace. Sure. So yeah, let's let's start off with what employers can do, right? First of all, it takes sincere people at the top who want to listen and learn about things that they don't understand right now, right? So th that's that's the base requirement of what it takes to really try to change the conversation and change the atmosphere um what they what they should do is like you know kind of what i mentioned is establish platforms for people to speak on and really hold those things accountable and hold themselves accountable to addressing the concerns that are brought up um for example if there are some concerns about you know how someone is being treated or a stigmatism around a certain culture or a certain group it's important that those people have a platform where they feel safe and comfortable to speak about and raise it directly to the leadership team and directly to high level employee uh, high level people and not maybe necessarily directly to their boss. So giving people opportunities is important for employers and also making sure that they are doing what they can to include all people, remove biases and really hiring people based on their work and their ambitions and their drive and not looking at external factors such as their skin color, their gender, or what religion they practice. Um, now, if we switch to us, what us as employees can do is make sure that we're doing everything we can to make our voices heard. When we see something happening in the office that is insensitive or it's, it is hurtful or offensive, we need to speak up. It doesn't matter if it's your boss, if it's your boss or boss, you have to really try to not ignore these issues because otherwise they get shoved under the rug and people aren't aware that this is even an issue. People aren't aware that this is something offensive or something that's hurtful. So without us taking initiative to really speak about it and raise awareness, you know, it's not going to be solved. 
So that's the first step, right? Making sure if when you see something, you speak up. You know, most HR, like, most companies have HR practices where you can, if you don't want to, you know, have your name attached to it, you can voice your concerns, you know, in an anonymous matter. But that's the first thing. The second thing is also I would encourage people to establish their own groups if they have to. If you work at a small company where, you know, you have four or five people of a different ethnicity, establish a group with them, whether it be, you know, and call it like, hey, we're the African-American group of this company, and we're going to try to really educate some of these other people about our culture, our practices, because most people are, you know, most people are just ignorant because they're not aware. Most people make some of these comments or they make such, such suggestions because they're not aware and they're not educated. So I would encourage people like us to really try to educate other people about our religion or ethnicity and show people that, hey, look, we want to help you guys learn better and understand, you know, understand where we're coming from because that at the end of the day is really what's going to make a difference. Is if people understand you, understand why you are the way you are and, you know, why it is that what you believe in. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, I second all of that. Um, however, at the same time, though, I feel like, you know, raising awareness is really important. Um, and, you know, like you said, HR, and sorry, we didn't define that for anyone that doesn't know what HR is. It stands for human resources. But, yeah, I, I think that's really important, you know, being able to speak up on issues or whatever concern you may have, et cetera. But I also feel like it's also both employees and employers' responsibility to keep each other accountable. That, yes, after, yeah, the, although the awareness is there and it has been raised, like, things are actually getting done, you know. So holding people Absolutely. accountable, I think, yeah, I think it's really important to make sure that, you know. We're, right, and that's, you know, that's where you have to have these programs and these communities where they work together, the employees and the employers work together to resolve issues speak about difficult issues and not shy away from these conversations and then implement change, implement actions that, you know, people can take on either side of the aisle to, to really bring this change about. Because at the end of the day, it's more about, you know, understanding each other, understanding each other's concerns and giving people the opportunity to educate themselves. Yeah, man, this has been great. Yeah, this has been really good. I feel like I've learned a lot because, I don't usually hear about corporate America, and the only things that I do hear are usually something negative, you know? So this has been really good. Do you have any, like, final things you want to say, final remarks or anything like that you want to add on that you might have missed? Yeah. I mean, I think one thing I just would like to highlight is that, look, most people are interested in learning. They just haven't been able to have the right experience or have the right exposure. So it's our responsibility to try to educate folks and not necessarily – attack them for their ignorance or their lack of knowledge. And once, if we really, you know, hold ourselves accountable to doing that, we'll make a good impact and we can really change the perception about corporate America. Because those, most people are good people. They do mean well, but sometimes they just don't know any better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I agree with all of that. Wow, I'm just so sorry. I love this. Um, All right, well, like we mentioned, that was our last question, and, you know, those are our highlights of our episode, and I think this episode has, you know, run its course. <laughs> so, again, you guys, we want to thank you so much 
once again for your support, for listening. You know, I hope you guys enjoy this. And as we always encourage you guys, you know, feel free to send us a direct message, you know, you know, swipe up if you have any comments, any questions, anything you want to discuss, you want to talk about, any thoughts that you want to share, you know, don't be shy. We don't bite. Yeah, if you want to go on our Instagram, too, you can check, you can send, you can click on the email link or via contact link, and you can also get in contact with us via email. I don't know if any of you prefer that or anything like that, so. Oh, yeah, and our Instagram is at Ola Yazola, you know, in case yeah. you stumble to post this podcast yeah. without going to our Instagram. Yeah, first, that's our social media. We only have Instagram right now, but, yeah. Oh, yeah, and let us, we, we've, you know, thought about maybe opening up other, like, social media accounts like Facebook or whatever, but we don't know if you guys use that or not, so let us know. But, yeah, yeah. again, Zane, thank you so, so, thank so, so, so much. so much for taking the time yeah. to speak with us. We really appreciate everything that you shared with us. You know, we learned from you. We all learned, and we hope that our audience is learning as well. Um, but, yeah, we thank you so much for being being a part of this. Thank you guys so much for having me. Of course. Thank you. All right. And bye, guys. We're going to go now. All right. Peace out, guys.